Hey, welcome, Carm Capriato, Remarkable Results Radio's episode 480. It's another geek talk with four shop owners that have assembled again for another session. And this is part five with a very bright discussion on websites. It's all how you want to play it. I don't rush into anything anymore. You know, I just let, let these pieces fall in place and then learn to take advantage of it. Yes, websites themselves are really, they won't be obsolete. I just think there's a new definition for what it's going to be. Welcome, aftermarketers, to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hey, Carm here, the Automotive Aftermarket Podcast guy. You know, Apex 2019, it's upon us. Now, if you're going to Apex 2019 this year, be sure you get some of the best shop owner and technician training that takes place at Apex. Now, Carm here telling you that Apex is on the doorstep, and please be sure to get your fill of the emerging technology area and visit with your key suppliers. Nothing like visiting with the top brass that makes the parts you provide your clients. Be sure you absorb all the new tech products and spend time at the Mobility Garage. Also, visit me in the studio on level two, right next to the Let's Tech stage, just to the left of it. Now, also download the Apex app and have fun with that. Go to aapexshow.com for more info. You know, I love it when you share an episode, give me a like, or even share a social post. I also love it when you give the podcast a review. We've been at it for 600 episodes, and there probably isn't a topic we've not covered, and we continue to amaze the industry with great shop talk that provides for what we call deep think, and it also changes mindsets. Now, once we think we've done it all, oh my God, another great episode hits that you embrace and learn from. So thanks from the bottom of my heart for being a loyal follower of the Aftermarket's original and premier podcast. Couldn't have done this without you. Much love. Now, the geeks are back talking websites. Wait until you hear this discussion. This super smart group creates a pile of ideas. On top of that, insights and add a few trends to think about. I must say they were at the top of their game in this episode. With me for part five of Geek Talk is Bill Nalu, Interstate Auto Care, Madison Heights, Michigan. Chris Clodier, Golden Rule Auto Care, Dallas, Texas, also CEO of Autotex.me. Greg Buckley from Buckley's Personalized Auto Care, Wilmington, Delaware, and Kareem Morsley, Winkler Automotive, Gaithersburg, Maryland. These guys are talking organic content, the impact of social media versus the value of your website using YouTube, and they wonder, will video and chat become mainstays on websites? Hey, a warm welcome to my Geek Talk 2.0 group. Oh my God, they're back. It's part five. Chris Clodier, Golden Rule Auto Care, Dallas, Texas, and CEO of Auto Text Me. Greg Buckley's here from Buckley's Personalized Auto Care, Wilmington, Delaware. Was that a message for me? What did I do? Oh my God. I think hey, I heard Google, Auto Text Me. Yeah. Google, Google just came up on my phone. It must have heard me say, hey, something. And Google, uh, Assistant came up and start reading to me about autotext.me. Oh, nice. Was it good? <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I'm loving Let me this. see if I could get it back. Oh, here it is. Great. That's awesome. Your, your phone's always listening. Always listening. Always. Oh, my God. <laughs> your height, your weight, 
your shoe size, it's all there. <laughs> it's my bank account and my social security card right. number on there. I got to turn the media volume down. These phones, these phones are killing me. Line three says, married with children, driver carries no cash. <laughs> you know, marketing well, though. That is a testament to my marketing. I okay. will say oh. that. Well, we're going to edit all this crap out. And Kareem yeah. Morsley from Winkler Automotive in Gaithersburg, Maryland. And finally, Bill Nailu with us from Interstate Auto Care in Madison Heights, Michigan. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey, what's up, Carmen? Nice to see you. Hey, Chris, Geek Talk 2.0. You know, should we talk about websites this trip around? Yeah, I have a, a very interesting question that I, I wanted to pose to the group and, and revolve this this topic around uh, a question I've been asking in some of my training classes and presentations, and, and that's, are websites dead as we know it? Um, I, I think it's a good conversation to have. I actually asked this at ASTE, CARM, and I had a couple people in the front row got a little upset with me because they're spending a lot of money on their website, which is good. I said, let's just have an open conversation and let's think about the future and let's think about the way things are moving. I think that's the right way to go. Anybody who would be upset to hear this conversation because you're spending oodles is, is listen, on this show, we talk about uh, insights, trends, ideas uh, as we shape the future of the aftermarket. So it doesn't mean that you're going to have to go out right now and stop doing anything that you're doing. But I think if an opportunity presents itself or a dialogue comes up, I'd be asking the tough questions like you are. Absolutely. I sent out an article uh, to the group, and it was, of course, it's 2017, so it's a little old, but 70% of small businesses own website, own websites and have websites. And that's a pretty, that's a pretty healthy number. I thought the one that I, I pointed out to the group that I thought was really interesting was 31% of those who don't have websites just have social media presence. And I kind of stumbled on this when I, when I opened the second shop, Carm, when, when we opened Wiley Auto Repair and we took over operations, it had a horrible website. I didn't even want to claim it. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to focus on the social media aspects of the business until I can rebrand it over to Golden Rule. And guess what? I was picking up all kinds of steam just by staying in Yelp and Google and Facebook and just, just working on that social media aspect of the business. Wow. Excellent. And so that led me to think this question, what, what, do, we, what do we need websites for? I mean, what's, what's the purpose? And are they going by the wayside? You know, I was with Jeremy, just uh, O'Neill, just a few weeks ago in Chicago. He was on a panel I was moderating. And Jeremy told the group in Chicago he gets 50% of his revenue from Yelp. It wow. just kind of blew everybody away. Just blew everybody away. And, uh, and you bring up an interesting point, but let's stick, let's stick around websites today. What gang should we be sharing with the industry that we need to be sure we're doing with websites? Uh, and, and let me start off the dialogue. It's got to be mobile friendly, and rumor has it. It's got to come up pretty quick and fast. We've, we need to have ways to do an appointment easily schedule something with a with a callback. Am I in the right pew here? Well, th there used to be a song. I think it was Jody Watley. It's uh, What Have You Done For Me Lately? You guys remember that song? I do. I, I think what, uh, what Chris is alluding to is the fact that it's got to be fresh content. It's got to be unique. I mean, there's nothing more. Maybe, maybe we're hypersensitive to that as service professionals, but we all know the five or 10 stock photos that appear on people's pages. It's the guy in, a, in an overalls writing up a customer, and it's the same gal, it's the same guy. He looks like Farmer Jack 
what are you doing? I mean, they don't even know what a, an automotive technician or a service rider is supposed to look like. And this guy's in overalls. And it just looks fake. And um, to the extent that people see that. No, Bill, it looks like every other website. Well, it just, yeah, it just doesn't look real. It just doesn't. I'm just, I'm utterly amazed at how many websites don't have the people that you're going to see in those pictures. Right. Where are the smiling faces? I agree. It just blows my mind. And maybe, maybe what Chris was saying here, and, and I, I guess I can identify with it. It's a lot easier for me to pump out a three minute video or take some pictures of a customer and myself, put that on Facebook or Twitter or what have you. It's a lot easier for me to do that than it is to do that on my website. You know, because yeah. let's face it, there's a lot more traffic on my Facebook feed than there is on my website. Now you could say, well, it's because, you know, you're going to have more traffic in the places that you hang out in. I don't hang out on my website. I hang out on social media. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I agree with Chris. It's not a place that I hang out at. So then do we need to redefine or define what a website is supposed to be doing in circa 2019? Uh, yeah, I, I think there's, there's a very valid point here because to me, initially, I remember when I started out, and that's a long time ago, but uh, and even in a, you know, in a different industry, the website really was your only means of uh, having a, uh, you know, a Yellow Pages ads on steroids. You were, you know, you had the ability to convey content or expertise or whatnot. And today, I definitely agree with, with, <clears throat> with Chris's perspective. You know, you've got Google that's got, you know, its own world, including <coughs> YouTube and so on. So, you know, your content, you know, you have to decide where it is that you want to put that content. People are still looking for you, I think, on the basis of, number one, your ranking, your reviews, and to some extent, your expertise. Uh, and I think the place to find expertise today very easily, right, because we know Google dominates the search world, is going to be on a platform like YouTube, leveraging video and so forth. And, you know, you'd be probably doing yourself a disservice by, by focusing too much on your website these days. I, I think we are seeing a transition away from websites. And uh, if anything, you know, I'm doing this because it's a package deal. I could probably get away with having a two or three page website these days and really focusing on, you know, Google presence, yeah, uh, you know, YouTube presence, Facebook presence, and to some extent, Yelp. Yelp, you know, works for some people. I think for many of us, I think the problem is probably the lack of visibility in, in how far your dollars are going compared to the granularity you get with Google or, or Facebook. But uh, needless to say, it's still a vehicle. Guys, I had a chance to look at a lot of websites recently. I was asked to judge um, a review of a whole bunch of websites. And what I found in my takeaway, as you say that, Karim, I'm starting to, to ramble in my thinking. I saw green, I saw ecology, I saw culture, I saw apprentices, I saw community, and I saw it in, in different ways, different formats. It was all organic. It, and I think that's the key word here is they were, they, they really showed me what the business was about. In Facebook, since there's algorithms in what you see and what you don't see, I'm not sure that uh, you your message is going to be where you want it, when you want it. I think you got to be 
pretty much global with your message in terms of what platforms you're going to be. Your message has to transcend through all platforms. It has the information, the content has to be there where the consumer can be reached. You know, as far as websites, I do believe that websites are, you know, almost a point of irrelevancy. Um, and I say that respectfully for all the companies out there that do websites and all the shop owners that are having websites, but websites now should evolve. And, and the way that I'm looking at websites and how I want to use them, they're landing pages. You know, I can create, uh, I can go out and get a domain name. I can put a 301 redirect to it. I can push content and SEO to that landing page. And I have a nice host and a service is going to work and appointment page. All of that can be done on a website. So I don't look at a website as being my branding area for online. I look at Google My Business. Now, this is if you followed, you know, and I'll say this in, in, in my opinion, if you followed the trek of what Google has done, where it is collected, aggregated, all of this certain technology to create Google Plus, it obliterates Google Plus. But now if you start to look at it, everything that Google Plus was, should have been, or has been is now going into uh, Google My Business. And nowadays, I can rapidly create a one-minute video, which you are allowed to do now on Google Plus, uh, Google My Business, which is amazing. Put together a nice uh, one-minute video. You've got 60 seconds. And you can edit that video with a great message. And I can tell you that within two or three days, I got 203 views. I can build the SEO around it. Google's got the... I can do an appointment on it. I can build a form through it. I can pretty much create everything that I need. And it is working. And I continue to work. I can do the same format that Google Plus was supposed to promise. Like I can go through the shop like I did the other day. And I did one-minute video on each of the jobs in the room. It was a Volvo, a Yukon, and I forget, you know, another Volvo and a VW. Well, they're all in queue, ready to go up under events. And these events become uh, you know, marketable. You know, you create, you create the video and, I, and I'll, I'll say again, I use Magisto because it's very easy. I can load content pictures. Boom. It comes out magically. All right. It's cheap. Uh, say that name again. Magisto. Magisto. Yeah. M-A-G-I-S-T-O. Um, works in all, uh, all operating systems. And it, it's available on your phone as well. So you create this one-minute video. Put your name, number, phone number at the end. Yes, it's a little bit more of a commercial type situation. So my voice and cadence is more salesy than if it was if it was informational. However, I do deliver the content up front, and that starts to build in a, a like a, a a live blog, if you want to call it that way. But what I find that is is that that live link that they're giving you under there. I can push that through social on my page. And believe it or not, for some reason, as of now, Facebook is really not restricting it. It's, it's traveling very well through the network, even on my business page and through my regular personal channel. So these are little things where we're seeing, I mean, I'm seeing an evolution of, of where uh, the dynamic content is. So it's all how you want to play it. And I don't rush into anything anymore. You know, I just let let these pieces fall in place and then learn to take advantage of it. But yes, websites themselves are really, they won't be obsolete. I just think there's a new definition for what it's going to be. Yeah, and I want to I want to elaborate. So I, I agree with what Greg said. Like th this this isn't about bashing any of the companies out there because there's companies out there providing good services, building websites, and this isn't a conversation to bash them. So we probably should put that disclaimer, Greg. So thank you. But I want to go back to what Bill said. 
people aren't hanging out on your website. They're going there to find some information and then they're going to look at your reviews and then they're going. And the other thing I want to bring up is, is UGC, user generated content. Like you said, Carm, we have stale information on our websites. So with social media and even with Google business, now you have this ability for the consumer to go start posting information about your business. Posting. It was funny on Insta, Instagram, we found a video of a, a lady. She came to our shop in Wiley and she said, well, we really like the way they inter- introduced themselves. Let's go check out their bathroom and see how clean their bathroom is. So she's walking down the hallway with her camera to the bathroom and she opens the door and she goes, wow, this is actually a clean bathroom. I'm happy with this bathroom. This is a nice bathroom for an auto repair shop. Yeah. Can, it's amazing, imagine, right? Can you imagine her walking into a, a pigsty? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad it was clean. The well, moment I'm glad of we truth. care about that. You bring, yeah. up, you bring up a great point, Chris, is it because user-generated content if you, uh, is almost as valuable to your SEO than a good review. Because if a person, let's say that you persuade, you, let's, we know it's not really um, a great idea to push people to do a review at your location. You're right. It, it's, it's kind of a shady situation. However, Who's to say you can't convince them to go out to your parking lot and just take a picture of the service bay or take a picture of their car coming from their phone and loading it up to your Google Plus page? I mean, all of that's there. And that is what you call building a, a profile through Google Plus. Or just you have Google Plus. Google My Business. And you've got, you've got the, the participation from your client base there. Very valuable. <laughs> oh, she, she tagged us. She hashtagged yeah. us. So we were all hashtag Golden Rule Auto Care Girl hashtag. So we're forever associated with video in the world of social. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag clean bathroom. I don't know if it had hashtag clean bathroom. <laughs> that we should totally, I should totally dominate that. We should. <laughs> you know what you guys were saying? For anybody who doesn't believe that this has a lot of value on the receiving end, try giving one of those reviews. Go to a restaurant. And while you're at the restaurant, tag in there that, you know, this waitress or somebody is really, you know, with the service and the food is really outstanding, that somebody at the restaurant will recognize you and will, will thank you right at the restaurant. You don't think you're going to get better service when somebody knows, holy crap, we got a, we got a food critic here, right? We've got a, a customer service quality critic in the, in, you know, in, in the building, you know, all of a sudden everything gets ramped up and they treat you like a king and queen that you are because... You're about to tell a story. And if it's a good story, man, you're just about the best customer to walk in all week at that point. Mm-hmm. Our, our content, and going back to it, our content is stale on our websites. So one of the things that made Facebook hugely popular is you are the content generator. So what happens? The consumer becomes the content generator for our business. We know the content's never stale. We know it's up to date. Whether we like it or not, right? That's the other problem is, unless we're running great operations, we might not like some of the content that they're publishing. But this is what Google wants. This is what Facebook wants. They want up-to-date, fresh content. In the podcast opening, I mentioned Apex. Now, let's quickly clarify. You know, Apex is not the same as the SEMA show, and I think you know that. Although both are held in the same week in Las Vegas, you know, at the SEMA show, you'll see cool specialty products. And I get it. I've been there. Wow, tons of fun. 
But if your livelihood is keeping your customers' vehicles on the road, and that's how you earn your living, then you have to attend Apex, because Apex is the business side of the aftermarket. Now, Apex is where you can see, feel, touch, and talk the business of the aftermarket. Everything you need is under one roof, including new tools and equipment, advanced training, hands-on demos, and one-on-one meetings with your suppliers and manufacturers, needless to mention the networking you have with your peers. And with your Apex badge, you can also visit the SEMA show. One badge does it all. So plan now to attend Apex, Tuesday, November 5th through Thursday, November 7th at the Sands Expo in Las Vegas. Hey, to learn all about Apex and plan your visit to Industry Week, visit aapexshow.com. Hey, guys, if you could go to your homepage, a section of it, and put the same kind of content up there quickly like you do on Facebook, would that be a a viable option? The same kind of practices you do on um, in social that you do would be able to do on websites. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, you know, um, I had a website when I, it was a, um, uh, a WordPress site. I'm trying to think of who the company built the, built the template. And I'll tell you what, I built it like a news, uh, site. I had little stories all over the place. And I said to my, this, this goes back, this must be 10 years. And I loved it. I thought it was the best thing. I said, this is great. I could update, you know, WordPress is very easy to upload. I mean, if you had to do a website on your own, WordPress is pretty darn easy. All right. So you could generate the content all the time. You can aggregate it. You can bring it in from who knows where. And even today, you can still do that. And you're getting that fresh news feed. I think if our sites were more news type situations, we would have a much better response and our times would be a lot longer on that. And I would love to see somebody hint, hint, hint to whomever's out there to go back to that kind of a format. I mean, that is live content. It's generated all the time. A news site. It's what it is. It's the storyline, the sh- shop storyline, SSS, you know, and, and, and basically yeah. if you could just send your content provider, the, the pick that you just took and in a line or two, that, that keeps it different and fresh each and every week. But I guess my question, and you just mentioned it, Greg, is it easy to go with a content provider and ask them to do this? I don't know. You know, most of the systems are out there today. Again, I go back to everybody out there doing the business, you know, building the sites. Look, you know, the easiest way for them to make money is to build templates and sell the templates and put it out there. And you're not going to deviate from that because it's too difficult. You know, there really is a balance that you have to come into and go, do I get a personal site made for myself the way I like it, the way I want it? Or do I go with a templated situation? All right. There was something called Internet 2.0 a while back when all the, everything changed. You know, the top of the fold and everything had to be just gorgeous and big and wide. Did we go overboard of more institutional? I think we went static. I really do. I I mean, I went with the flow simply because you don't, at some point, you need to get away from doing that kind of work so you can focus on other things. But I still believe that today we need to have more of an interactive site, one that is constantly refreshed to complement or compete with the other platforms that are at work. And I wouldn't even say compete. I would say compliment. Because, I would agree. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, I mean, so I want to go back to a couple of things you guys were talking about in terms of how to keep your content fresh across platforms. I mean, there is a great opportunity there for some companies to, you know, go in and capitalize on this in the market. I mean, you've got software like Hootsuite and all these, you know, there's multiple out there where you can create your content in one source, in one place. 
and then you know schedule it basically just like you said greg on your events on google you know google my business you can do the same through that platform you make sure that it's connected to you know your facebook page your google my business your yelp and you have one place where you know yourself or maybe even somebody outside your organization is going to work on that content for you organize it structure it and then they'll push it accordingly also on your website so you can do this and keep that freshness but without tools like these it becomes very very difficult and you put yourself in a situation where you actually have to almost pick which one are you going to dedicate your time for um those who are familiar with this these you know these platforms they're not a you know they have their, their their limitations as well but a lot of people have seen a lot of success we try them it's not that easy uh you know but it, it's definitely something that i would say medium sized businesses some small businesses do it but medium to large sized businesses do very proactively uh and it's something that probably we as shop owners should start looking at doing too because it really will help you spread that message to Greg's point too in a consistent manner you know your content should be the same just viewed on different platforms uh, i believe that integration has stymied inspiration and it has stymied the fact that we can advance or we could take advantage of different technologies simply because there's a tie-in to what we perceive to be as a value so and, and i enjoy it don't get me wrong and a lot of us have integrated sites with back-end processes well i think they're I, I think the time has come to really consider separation and for purpose of of just what we're talking about. I think there's advances that we can go to that um, aren't being explored. And I think the simplest of reasons for someone to go to our site and enjoy the content or enjoy our activity and get a glimpse of who we are can't be done on a single page, static kind of photo-esque type page. We need to be able to produce um, a, a visual, a more deeper sense of what we are, who we are, and why we are with exposure to everywhere we're at on the web, whether we have a feed coming from our YouTube channel that, that gives them the education and information that they need, to our social sites that tell them what we do on and offline, versus, and then also our communities. So these type of things need to be live and in today's world, not from you know a, a YouTube video from four years ago. So Correct. Yeah, I, and I think we talked about, you know, a lot of things such as, you know, making sure, you know, your vision, your mission is in line and also your marketing message, you know, comes from that and, and then allows you to, you know, it, it really comes down to the basics of having, you know, a calendar and this is what I want to do over the year. This is the messages I want to do. These are the campaigns, as long as they're all tied back into your vision and mission. But I think from a tool standpoint, you do have tools out there that allow you to you know, push that content and control that content's distribution over the various social media platforms and, and not having to dilute, like you said, Greg, make sure that you can focus as a company on the, uh, the quality, the content, the message that you want to convey, uh, you know, f of, for what your organization stands, basically. I, I want to start a company, Geek Talk 2.0 Websites. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Throw that out there right now. I'm in. Because we need to aggregate. So going back to what I think you're right, Kareem, on the back side, we have the problem solved. And what Greg's saying is on the front side, from the question Carmas, we don't have that question solved because right. all our social footprint is all over the place, floating around and all these. And it would be nice. I agree, Greg, if we could have a place 
to have that social footprint all in one place, right? So that I miss it. Well, I, I tell you, I, I do. I miss it, guys. I really do. It's. Uh, yeah. I was very proud of that site and what it did, and it's a, it's a, it's premium templates I've through through WordPress. I wish I could remember the name, but I'm telling you that that site got more compliments uh, and and held people's attention longer than anything else I've ever been through. You know? I'm going to go back to what Carm said too. Uh, out of the 18, 20 pages on your website, nobody's looking at it. Unless they're landing pages like Greg says, they're not looking at your pages. Right. They're looking at one page, right? They're looking at your, your homepage. But if your homepage had that, and I have my links to my social media, but I, I you know, that whole live aspect, you know, we hadn't put that together. So that was a good question, Carm. That's a really yeah, good but question. But you guys can put up the social feed on your website, which kind of maybe would integrate it, right? Not to my degree where I can consider it. Uh, Would it be healthy or not if you could do it? Yeah, I, I, I've proven it. It's been very healthy. I mean, you're on the website. How many t- how many blogs have you gone on and you looked at the social stream that's going on versus the story, right? You've at least looked at it. You may have hovered over it. You may have engaged with it. You may have went back to Facebook and said, oh, I remember that story. Hey, what's the crowd saying? I mean, these are things that aren't exposed and yet... Here we are with multiple platforms. We have we've we've increased our inventory of content, right? We've exposed ourselves in all of these other platforms, and here we are only able to showcase a static front page. So we can't make it. It, it can't be easy because if it was easy, it probably wouldn't work. And my point is, is it go back to the concept of maybe I've got to get, like Greg says, a WordPress site or something easy enough for me to submit and get it, get it in there. Uh, I'm not, I'm not good at that. And I'm too busy to do those things. Well, maybe you need to invest because that's what will make a difference. You know, let's put it this way. It's not our responsibility as shop owners to evolutionize the product of another company. I mean, it's, you know, Chris's point to Chris's point, he builds what we as shop owners feel is necessary and as a value. All right. Um, our website companies, they should be on the forefront of what the future is going to look like, all right? Uh, Chris is on the forefront of what things should look like, all right? So he builds accordingly, maybe not immediately, but at least there's a, there's a, 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 a transition that's in place, all right? A, companies are following the same footprints. They all are. Build a template, sell the template, put the pictures in, a few colors here and there, odds and ends, tweak it here, and here's your package. All right. There's nothing that comes in and says, well, you know, uh, here's a new way we can bring your content to life. Um, instead, it's, well, you know, you've got this, this much activity through this link and look what you did. Look at your analytics. Okay, that's fine. But it's exposure for our brand and what we do. There has to be something deeper. Kareem, you said something just a few minutes ago. You said tools. Uh, what tools are you using to get your content out? So we tried uh, not that long ago. By the way, just so that everybody knows, full disclosure, I am far from being optimized right now on my on putting my content out there. And the reason is, it is very challenging. And then so we tried. Um, there's a, a a platform called Hootsuite, and and there's a, a few others similar to that one where you can actually just focus on content creation, content building. And then you can actually literally schedule out when and on which platform you're going to publish your content. Basically, it's it's a social media publishing platform. So, you know, we had tried this and 
we found that there's limitations to a lot of them. Some are stronger on certain platforms than others, but this is a tool that you could use so that you could really focus on the actual content and not be worried about where am I going to broadcast it? When am I going to do it? And more importantly, duplicating your effort because just to maintain you know, Google, Facebook, Yelp, and whatever other platform you want to be using and your website, that's a lot of work. And for a small business, uh, that's, you know, that's time that we probably, a lot of us, at least myself right now, I don't have. I use a software platform called Meet Edgar. And uh, <laughs> Bill says to me, you're always on the damn social networks. And I says, nope. <laughs> I have somebody doing it for me. His name is Edgar. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and and it's very, I, I like it because it's very, very flexible. You could literally create a post, give it a category, and then schedule when those categories show on, 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 on this weekly calendar. And, you know, Greg, a, a great um, community article, a, a repair article. I mean, there's so many things that you could, and then say, you know, on Tuesday, I want these two things to go out, and I want them to be on LinkedIn, and I want them to be on Facebook, and Unfortunately, you can only post once on on Twitter unless you change it, unless you you know unless you change it up. And, and so, Bill, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but let me let me throw something out here while you guys are going to talk. The algorithms are going to change, and the rules are going to change. And so, you know, we we know this is going to be true. Google's going to change Facebook because everybody's going to change along the way, which makes this incredibly difficult and or dynamic. And so I don't think anything that we may offer to someone could be a foundational constitutional change. I think we always have to be open and flexible. So far be it for me to be the devil's advocate. No. <clears throat> um, so my question to Mr. Buckley is, if I'm a website uh, designer, uh-huh. my question to the, the those that the 99% that are not Mr. Buckley, that aren't creating content, is how do I dedicate time, talent, and treasure when the content isn't being provided by the client? How do we, so if we take this as a responsibility, if it, our responsibility as shop owners is to create some content, I think to the, to, in defense of, of those that build websites, they're sitting back and going, well, you know, we're just, you know, we, we, we'll, we'll put out whatever you put, ask us to put out. But you guys have kind of got to do the work here. So is there is this a 50-50 project where the, the website builders have to say, in order for us to have a website that means a damn thing, you've got to provide us some content. Is it a um, half hour of content a week? Is it um, you know a 50-second snippet you know, every other day? I don't know what that is. But at some point, we have to take responsibility for the fact, and I think we're doing that here on this platform. And there's saying, nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's a job. It's it's a it's a responsibility. If if you're going to if you're, if you're going to grow your business, that's the new world order, guys. Yeah, yeah. Many times in in the classes I had, the first thing I tell people is, listen, don't even think about a website if you don't have any content, because the first thing someone's going to come to you and go, all right, what do you want me to build? And you go, a website. Well, what do you want to put on a website? Well, I don't know. You just got something? Well, let me interrupt. You're going you're gonna to put the guy with the blue overalls yeah. on your front page. <laughs> exactly. Right? Exactly. It's exactly what you're going to get. So you really, <laughs> a shop owner, a shop owner, or a small business person really has to be engaged, at least for the lift. You know, once you get past the lift, okay, it gets easier. But if you have to, and and everybody understands, look, 
Some people can write content. Some people can generate it very easily. Others struggle. A lot struggle. A lot don't want to be consumed with it. However, there's resources out there that can build you content. <laughs> there you go. There's the two guys. Um, you know, hire somebody. Hire a uh, a writer uh, who can, who, who a student writer who can you can uh, feed and and groom for automotive uh, writing uh, stories or blog posts. Um, and then you can also you can aggregate uh, and then curate the content. A, a big, I can't remember his name right now. Darn him, he's a big social media guy. Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, Gary, but then you got Guy, um, the heck's his name? Oh, geez. He's huge. He's huge for just giving out content. He shares content that's very valuable. But for some reason, he's done so well with it. His brand is sharing. You can become that brand by just sending out information or sharing information that's valuable to your client base. So if you have a Volvo following, you can put on your website and share valuable value, uh, Volvo uh, tips, not just from you. Sure, you could turn it into what you know personal content, but share it from somebody else. Share another expert's opinion to validate your own. I mean, things like this is where you don't really need to be a super content generator. Wow, you and just created I, a full-time job in the company. At some points, yes, it really is. And I've said that before. I said, when you start getting into this kind of uh, building and branding and marketing, it's not easy. It's very... You got a train coming through. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, you have to be able to more slick the budget and move forward with it um, bit by bit, little by little. But we have accountants, right? We hire lawyers. We, have, yeah. we know a little bit about this. We, it's just the new market that we're in. It's, it's right. content. And if you're active with your content, then once again, and you can get your consumers to help generate some of that content, then that takes some of the Facebook delivers nothing. I mean, I don't know that this is sunk into us as business owners. Their product is a vehicle. That's it. They provide no content whatsoever. They provide the ability for other people to provide content. And that's their whole model is providing that user-generated content. Same thing, YouTube and a lot of these companies, they're all about that user-generated content. My opinion, we're not going to be able to solve the world's ills, our content issues, our Facebook, our anything issues, but we sure did throw an awful lot of balls up in the air. <laughs> I sure. will tell you that. But what I haven't heard anyone say yet is, does LinkedIn have a role here anywhere? Yeah, I'm very excited over LinkedIn. In fact, that was one of my fourth quarter projects is to start really honing in on the content and uh, and what is going to play out on LinkedIn. Um, the, uh, the, the type of audience there, remember, we were dealing with the three M's of marketing, right? Marketing, message, media. So, over the course of the last few years, you know, LinkedIn has has gotten to be known as the manager or the executive or the business type uh, person that's going to be there. So your content has to be uh, relatable, meaning that you know you're not going to talk about and bring the drama from Facebook over to LinkedIn. You're going to share more professional stories, more content that is. Uh, respected by you know executives or managers say fleet manager or someone in con control you're going to be more uh, humble you're going to con congratulate others on their accomplishments you're going to be part of that professional network sort of like what you experience when you go to either a BNI or uh, any other kind of local business group where <laughs> you're shaking hands and talking about your business adventures and stuff like that so i like it i think that there's a lot there um, 
and I'll be dipping more of my toes, but the same formats will be there. The video content's available. Uh, the blogs or the posts you write are, are really tremendous um, and, and everything else that goes with it. So, you know, I think it's going to be very good. Yeah, I, I, my experience with LinkedIn is, is similar to Greg's. I think it's, it's definitely, it's more of a business to business platform. And so, you know, you're not going to look at it in the same light as you, you've, you're looking at it with a Facebook where you've got a business to, to consumer platform, a B2C. And so I think the messaging is going to be very different and what you're trying to achieve with it. I think if you are after fleets, for example, definitely a great way to, to you know, demonstrate your expertise in the field and why you're relevant for you know, fleet, fleet maintenance and so on. But I think it's a, probably a more difficult platform in terms of, of generating the type of interest from a B2C standpoint that we're, as shop owners actually, more familiar with. So it's a, it's a bit of a different kind of marketing that you have to 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 get used to and to greg's point you know uh it's more about you know participating congratulating and so forth but it, it's a very different type of of uh of target audience that you, you're dealing with down there uh speaking of linkedin i i do want to give a shout out to kim walker because she recently had a class with Link, about linkedin but she gave a great tip <laughs> i said wow first lesson learned um congratulate uh, others in your circles about uh, give them a boost, give them a uh, a reference, or give them a, a kudo or an attaboy. Um, and she goes, that goes so far. And sure enough, you're being complimentary to someone you may or may not have strong ties with, but that goes on the record. And at some point, it circles back to you. Uh, it was a great tip, and you know, yeah. it's a good practice to get into. So, geeks, uh, who do you think is first to market? Uh, in creating a video chat service. So I break down on the side of the freeway and I'm about to go live with the potential supplier of services. Who is that going to be? What do you guys uh, think? I'm not sure how to follow that one. Well, so is it, a, is it a website function or is it a Facebook deal or is it a Google? Wait a you minute. Know, so I'm, on, I'm stuck on the side of the road and I really want to chat with you, Bill, because you're my yeah. shop. You're, you've got a noise under the hood and you're going to say, find the nearest repair facility near me because you're from out of town. And up pops Interstate Auto Care. We're three and a half miles away from you. We're farther for, you know, than two or three other places. But there's this wonderful video link next to it where you can actually link in with the repair facility and get somebody on that phone to be able to tell you whether that's a belt or whether that's a... You know, what have you? What What is that noise that I need to hear? So somebody that's sitting out in the mushroom cellar waiting for that thing to happen is what we have to have. I mean, if not, there will be so much. Uh, the People will be upset. Millennials will be upset if someone doesn't FaceTime me or doesn't, doesn't answer right away because they want replies quick. I, I think you're creating an interesting. I love the tech. I love the idea. But if you're not responsive, whoops. Well, I mean, it could be a video message. It could say, for example, service writers at the counter, right? There's a message that pops up that says, customer wants to video chat with you, right? You could have a, a standard thing that says, we will call you right back within 30 seconds or within 45 seconds or whatever. Could be that service writers got a phone call, right? Immediately at that point in time, somebody picks up the, the, the shop chat box and then gets on the phone with the customer 
to talk to them. To me, that is the next level of engagement. Video or if text chat, in my opinion, you've got to be committed to it. And if not, it's just it's just garbage on your site. Yeah, I, I get I mean, I get I get emails or uh, a text message through Google at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, and yeah. I will respond to them. Um, we've had plenty of decent service. I mean, on a Sunday at three o'clock in the afternoon, I get a, a, a repair pal customer that was trying to get a hold of us. Talk to him. Vehicle came in. I had it towed in that, that day. Nobody was open. You know, we're not here, but I have a towing company that'll, you know, that towed it in for us. It's funny because I've been through many a chat services, uh, both the Google experiment with, uh, is it Alto? I think, or was they called it something? Ala, something. I don't know what it was. It was horrendous. It was horrible. It was more confusing than anything else. And then I recently tried another, another company and I had it on there and it was very seldomly used. Uh, it just didn't, didn't work. The amount of time I had to spend building the library of answers and the content in order to produce a AI-like type scenario, it was very tedious. And I, and I, I pretty much dropped it. I think he brings up a great point. Chris, let me ask you about AI. I mean, I know you're, you, you really know software well. Will that maybe one day step up to the plate and provide us some, some interaction like Bill's talking about and letting AI do some of the work? Oh, it's already happening. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, our product can already, when, when, because one of the first things as a shop owner would bother me is when somebody texted and said, hey, what time do you open tomorrow? Or are you open tomorrow? Or they text, what time are you closing today? Are you guys open on Sunday? So there's all these basic things we started to see. And as a shop owner, I'm like, why, why am I waiting for somebody to respond to this when we could respond immediately? So we already started implementing this technology and scheduling appointments we can do, you know, through our tool. But then there's other tools out there that are starting to apply the same type logic. And the, this, this IVR, this interactive voice response, this ability to read and distinguish English language and be able to determine, you know, it's a mixture of machine learning and, and AI. But uh, for it to be able to take a sentence with, with even good English or broken English or partial English and be able to determine what the answer is, I mean, it's amazing the technology and Amazon, their services mm. that they provide now and Google Cloud. And so all these Azure and all these cloud type companies now have this ability for you to utilize these engines that it, that have this ability to translate these things for you. And these things just get more and more smart every day. I don't know about you guys, but I think part six was just discussed here right now. Oh, it's a fantastic. <laughs> Am I right? Uh, I, a lot I, of times it's machine learning and we, we, yeah. we confuse that with AI. AI and ML get get confused a lot, but that's another fantastic topic. I've got an episode coming out soon on uh, augmented reality and the Microsoft HoloLens. Anybody seen that thing? Uh, well, Derek Kaufman went out and actually put one on. He participated in an oil rig, even though he wasn't on it, to show how they can do repairs and what uh, the Army is doing with it and how he sees and what he hears for the repair process by wearing this unit. And uh, there's a cool link to how it actually looks where you're just you're just touching the air and you're moving menus and opening things and pinching open and closing. And it's, it's phenomenal. And of course there's people working on it for automotive repair and you just wear this, if you will, it's a helmet and it's clear. You see right through it. Google glass, Greg, remember, (laughs) but it's, (laughs) it's, it's it's called, it's it's HoloLens. Anyway, I had a blast. Thank you so much. Uh, We really, I think 
kind of tore this apart. I don't know if we've got any super conclusions, but the great thing about it is you guys bring so many great things to to bear for us to think about, and uh, which means I think I'll have you back for another round. <laughs> And then we got to get this company off the ground. I know, right? We need to start selling some of these ideas. Okay, so let's put it out there. If there is an investment company that wishes to look at five individuals that would be more than happy to put together a program. We already have our name, Geek Talk 2.0. It goes goes all over industries. It's just a good name. Startup. Startup. Chris Claudier, Golden Rule Auto Care, Dallas, Texas, CEO of Autotex. Me, Greg Buckley. Buckley's Personalized Auto Care, Wilmington, Delaware, Kareem Morsley, Winkler Automotive, Gaithersburg, Maryland, and Bill Nalu, Interstate Auto Care, Madison Heights, Michigan. Guys, thanks. Thanks, Carl. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Good seeing Thank you, everybody. Again. Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah. We'll see y'all. <laughs> thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. Bye.